So are the stock market lows in for the year, or is this bear market rally? Is this year's correction and bear market decline behind us and in the rear view mirror for good? Was June 16th and 17th the low for the stock markets for this year, for 2022? Those are the questions on almost everyone's mind and the ones we're getting asked at Oak Harvest on the investment side almost daily. And while no one, absolutely no one, including myself or any other strategist, economist, or portfolio manager can say so with absolute certainty that yes, the lows are in for the year, we wanted to present some additional data following up on our July 1st podcast, The Opportunity Knocks Early. This data has been saying that yes, there's good odds that it was. Unless you think we're on the verge of another 2008 great financial crisis or 2000 dot-com bubble collapse, the data is aligned in saying the worst may be over. However, I have to remind you that even if this happens to have been the case and June 16th was the low for the year 2022, still does not look like a V-bottom year and expect a few more months of uncertainty and volatility in the overall markets. I'm Chris Paris with Oak Harvest Financial Group here in Houston, Texas, and welcome to our weekly Stock Talk podcast. Before we get into this week's topic, did I miss the lows? Please take a moment to click on the subscribe button and click on the notification bell so you'll be alerted when our team uploads our latest content. The economic data has been consistently missing expectation now for months. The Federal Reserve met again last week and raised short-term interest rates by another 75 basis points. And then, the next day, the second quarter GDP figure was released, and with the second consecutive negative quarter, that is a recession. In my book, the old school ones, that's the definition of a recession. And while politicians, economists, and academics might argue the semantics, it's the definition that most every money manager who looks at historic data uses. So certainly, the stock market plunged on all this bad news. Certainly, waves of stock selling came into the market. Nope, the S&P 500 hit 4,100 as I pen this podcast. That's up almost 475 points from the Fed's first 75 basis point increase on June 16th. The markets are now approaching mid-May levels. Frequent viewers will recognize many of these charts that we'll be using as background material. But here goes. The most important piece of real-time data and the chart that few people talk about are real interest rates. Some people call this the real yield. This isn't the one people talk about on TV. This isn't the one your mortgage is calculated off of. You add market pricing of inflation to real yields and you get the nominal yield that everyone quotes on TV. You get the 10-year treasury yield that is the starting point for most mortgages. The real yield is perhaps the single most important chart you'll see. Why? Because the real yield is what is used in calculating equity risk premium, which translates almost directly into PE multiples in stocks. Here's the chart of the 10-year real interest rate for the last two years. Let this chart sink in for a moment. The overall stock market went generally higher all of last year in 2021. Remember way back then when traders were speculating on every four-letter name mentioned on Reddit. Well, this was the general trading behavior until November when the real yield component of long-term interest rates began rising. This was almost the exact same time as the Federal Reserve becoming finally okay with raising rates 
and tightening financial conditions. Since then, X a brief downturn in real yields in late March, which drove a rapid stock market rally into the end of the first quarter, the real yield rose almost weekly until spot on June 16th, when the Fed announced their first 75 basis point increase in rates since November of 1994. Since that meeting, the trend in real yields has been down and the trend in the stock market has been up and to the right. What have been the best performing groups since June 16th? The growth areas of the stock market, technology, healthcare, consumer discretionary, and consumer staples, as the overall nominal interest rates have also declined. The worst performing groups? The short cycle value plays, energy and materials. With so much of the S&P 500 index weighted towards technology, discretionary, and other growth areas, the overall stock market needs to continue to see at least stable real interest rates, if not slightly declining, to continue its recovery in the second half of this year. Year to date, the volatility of the overall markets has made many retirees and other stock market investors anxious while making short-term traders really happy. Short-term traders love quick and rapid moves. While presenting longer-term investing opportunities, most retirees like gentler price moves. We previewed way back in November of 2021 that the first half of 2022 was likely to be sloppy, choppy, volatile-filled mess. No, back then we didn't know about Russia and Ukraine war. No, we could not have forecast that inflation would get above 8% or that markets would drop quickly past correction levels into bear market territory. Nor could we foresee that the Federal Reserve would raise short-term rates twice by 75 basis points in only a month. No, no one has that crystal ball. However, we do have some tools that historically work pretty well at looking forward and seeing sloppy choppy mess time periods. Viewers, for the first time since last November, some rays of light are slowly shining through the volatility clouds. Our team often talks about volatility in the markets. However, we focus on forward volatility months into the future. In time periods that extend largely beyond the noise of intraday or day-to-day -day or week-to-week. -week. Volatility out in the future's months is a real tradable figure. Unlike spot volatility, which is a figure quoted by the VIX and most people on TV, these forward volatility tools are tradable and are used to hedge big institutional portfolios. When these big players are nervous, they tend to leave clues and tracks in their hedging of portfolios or unwinding those positions to get more bullish on the markets. Here's the chart of the forward volatility markets four months out in the future. As you can see, since late fourth quarter 2021, this chart has been up and to the right. It made higher highs and higher lows each wave up until, yes, that same week in June. You can see the peak in mid-May and the peak on June 14th at the same level. For the first time in 10 months, forward volatility stopped making higher highs. And in mid-July, volatility broke to the downside. This is bullish. No, it doesn't mean that volatility is gone for the rest of the year or the markets can revert to a calm level of 12 to 12 and a half on spot volatility as it has in past boring economic cycles and bull markets. However, what it does likely mean is that future volatility spikes will likely be sold and dips in the stock market in the second half will likely be bought. We've had many clients ask about the Federal Reserve's aggressive raising rates 
while inflation is high, and we are technically in a recession. Here's that data once again in a table. Pay a particular attention to the highlighted time period in 1974. We were in a recession, inflation was high, and the markets screamed higher for the next nine months, rallying over 50%. The last time the Federal Reserve hiked by 75 basis points prior to June 16th of this year was December 1994. Here's that chart of the S&P 500 and what it did post the rate increase. It was up over 40% post the first 75 basis point rate increase the next 12 months. That seems really positive to me. On Tuesday, July 19th, a month after the Fed's first 75 basis point interest rate increase, the market breadth exploded upward. Breadth thrusts like these do indeed historically signal upward turns that last for months and quarters, not days and weeks. The advanced decline on the broad NYSE was 14 to 1 after an 8 to 1 reading the prior Friday, which was option expiration for July. Data on the S&P 500 was equally as broad, with 495 stocks up and only 10 down for the broadest breadth since December 26th, Christmas rally in 2018. Both the S&P 500 and the tech-heavy NASDAQ reclaimed their 50-day moving averages, which is a start at repairing the damages to the technical charts that people like to see. According to the market research from Sentiment Trader, there have only been 13 times in the modern era that the S&P 500 up volume was 87% or more for two out of three trading days, coming off a 52-week low. In all 13 cases, 100% of the time, the S&P 500 was higher a year later, with the median return being positive 23%. Those odds say that the June 16th low was the low for 2022. History tells us that stocks do a lot of repricing in front of recessions because stocks anticipate slowdown. They anticipate peak revenue growth. They anticipate peak margins. Likewise, stocks also anticipate troughs in fundamentals and troughs in economic momentum. They bottom in front of the worst of the data, usually by months, not hours, days, or weeks. The government data reported on TV lags. It's stale and almost never helpful in managing one's investments. There are usually better real-time data series, almost often free to the public, that have been more accurate historically and are leading indicators to help one make tactical investment allocation decisions if one's so inclined. Going forward, are we in a recession? That debate will linger for months, particularly headed into the midterm elections. However, if you look at recessionary contractions as the worst economic data we have, here's Ben's Carlson work on what's happened to the markets before, during, and after every recession since World War II. History would say that two consecutive negative real GDP quarters that have now been reported could be the start of the end of the bear market and not its beginning. This is just some of the historical evidence showing investors that stocks and markets anticipate inflection points, both good and bad. And it should tell an investor, if you wait to see the whites of their eyes, if you wait to see the sky clear perfectly, you'll be late to action. Was June 16th the bottom for 2022? Time will tell. Time measured most likely in months, not days. Most likely into September and October. But as we have tried to present since our July 1st video titled, Opportunity Knocks Early, many of the tea leaves that signal 
green shoots for stocks have finally started to appear after a treacherous first half of 2022. But we warn you again, straight lines higher in the market are unlikely yet. Our team here at Oak Harvest knows that the first half of 2022 has been a trying time for investors and retirees. We know that sharp market moves drive emotions and the urge to make changes to what are supposed to be longer term asset allocations that you worked through with an advisor. If the ongoing market volatility is making you feel uneasy, give us a call and schedule a meeting with an Oak Harvest advisor. Our team does have insurance-based tools that don't have the volatility of the public markets. However, I have to remind you that these investments may also have longer, lower expected returns. At Oak Harvest, we think our clients are best served by us helping them plan for their future needs instead of focusing on the past. The future in stock markets are always uncertain, and that is why our retirement planning teams plan for your retirement needs first and your greed second. Give us a call to speak to an advisor and let us help you craft a financial plan that helps you meet your retirement goals. Call us here at 877-896-0040 and schedule an advisor consultation. It's free. We're here to help you on your financial journey into and through your retirement years. I'm Chris Paris, and from everyone here at Oak Harvest, have a blessed weekend. All content contained within Oak Harvest Podcast expresses the views of the speaker and is for informational purposes only. It is based on information believed to be reliable when created, but any cited data, indicators, statistics, or other sources are not guaranteed. The views and opinions expressed herein may change without notice. Strategies and ideas discussed may not be right for you, and nothing in this podcast should be considered as personalized investment, tax or legal advice, or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Indexes such as the S&P 500 are not available for direct investment, and your investment results may differ when compared to an index. Specific portfolio actions or strategies discussed will not apply to all client portfolios. Investing involves the risk of loss, and past performance is not indicative of future results.